All right, ladies, we're going on in our study in Proverbs 31. For those of you who have just tuned in for the first time, I'll give a very quick and brief recap. In verse 10, we saw that God said that a Christian woman should be well-rounded, well-balanced, using all the facets of her personality. Literally, that 10th verse says, who can find a woman of many parts, all sorts of aspects to her personality ought to be developed and used as a wife. A woman like that, it says, is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will never lack profit, it says in verse 11. She is a woman who can be trusted because she has used and developed all of her gifts and abilities. And her husband, uh, therefore, ought to be willing and able and ready to entrust things into her hands. And we're going to see if this woman... Uh, in Proverbs 31, has a good bit entrusted into her hands. Her husband must have really recognized this and been delighted and willing and able to uh, put these things into her uh, well, uh, into her keeping. And then it says she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Hey, that's really a wonderful thing, isn't it? That would be a motto that a woman could put on her uh, over her sink or over her range or someplace where she could read that every day, uh, to do my husband good and not harm all the days of my life. Something like that. Boy, that would be great. Maybe some of you ought to do that. Take verse uh, verse 12 and, and put it on a piece of uh, cardboard or a piece of wood or something and write it out and uh, hang it up there over your, your sink. And every day think about that and every day think about how your job that day that Jesus Christ gives to you, and if you do this job, you'll be honoring Jesus Christ. Your job that day is to do good and not harm to your husband, and that's your job every day, all the days of your life, it says. Now we're going on to verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. <clears throat> now, of course, you don't have to go out and look for wool and flax anymore. And By the way, I don't know whether you... Uh, you don't even know what that flax business is all about. I didn't know much about it either. I was in Northern Ireland not long ago where they have a lot of linen. Uh, you know, Irish linen is famous. And uh, one of the great things about uh, Irish uh, linen, uh, the Irish was, was their linen work and still is rather famous. But one of the great changes that's happened in, in Ireland in recent times, I understand, is that they don't make their own uh, linen uh, their own flax anymore grow their own flax and, and and make their own linen they they get their flax from somewhere else but they were telling me that uh, when they a number of years ago when they still did grow their own flax that it was really quite a process and uh, they lay this stuff out in the field and it would kind of rot and it would stink and uh, it was just something really awful to have to work with now they import all of that and of course they still make linen and it's Irish linen in the sense that it's the Irish who are, are working with, with the uh, raw materials, but the raw materials are coming from some other country now, or so that the Irish don't have to smell that, uh, uh, that stinking flax lying out there in the field. So uh, things change and times are different, but uh, this woman certainly went out there, those smelly old flax pits, and uh, had to get the, gather that flax, and uh, maybe she even grew some of it herself. Or got bought it from somebody, and uh, she had to go out and seek wool from the uh, uh, the shepherds who uh, were shearing their sheep, and then she had to spin all that stuff. Uh, whatever women do, I don't understand it all. And uh, uh, then she could use these things. But the interesting thing about this verse 
is that she had to go get all these things herself. She couldn't just go right down to the, the local store and have it in a final uh, uh, form where she could buy it all at, at Sears or someplace like that. But she had to go out and, and uh, find it and find the people who had it. And she had to, uh, or grow it herself, and then she had to, to get it into the form where it could be used. But notice how she does all this work, seeking the wool and the flax. Well, it's with willing hands. She seeks her wool and flax, and all the work that she does with this wool and flax, or any other work she does around the house, she does with willing hands. That is a key. There's all the difference in the world between doing things with willing hands and doing things with unwilling hands. There are a lot of women who are miserable as wives because they have determined to be miserable. But there are some women, and these are the women about which this verse is talking, who are happy and excited about being housewives or homemakers or whatever you want to call them today, excited about doing it because they have determined to be excited about doing it. You can look at your work one or two ways. You can say, I want to do this because God has given it to me and I want to please my husband and I want to do him good and I want to bless my children. Or you can say, oh my, God, do this again. They're just two different attitudes. And the attitudes will breed more of the same. I could just see this woman around, going around her house and working with some of these things that she had to work with, whistling or humming a tune or singing a song while she's doing it. Can't you see her, the willing hands? Uh, that's, that's the difference. The willing-handed woman is one who doesn't sweep the dirt under the rug and hope nobody will find it, but she's the one who says, man, I'm going to get all the dirt out of there, and she takes her dustpan and the, the uh, broom, and she goes to work, and she gets it outside, and uh, she's happy. Uh, the other one's unhappy because she's always tripping over the edge of the rug she keeps pulling up all the time. And uh, so one thing leads to another. Not being uh, happy in the way you do something leads to a poor job being done, and a poor job being done makes you less happy with your situation, and so you do a poor job and it just cycles. But the woman who does things with a willing hand, who goes in and saying, well, sure, it's tough, and uh, I'm not too happy about all the aspects of it, but, you know, I'm going to go do it because it has to be done, and I'm thankful that the Lord has given me an a family that I can do it for. And who goes in there and starts humming away. Pretty soon, soon she enjoys what she's doing. She even finds ways of doing things that are new. She even tries to beat her own records and tries to get things done a little bit faster, a little bit more efficiently, or a little bit more effectively. Maybe once a month she goes to her closet and she says, now let's see, how have I got things organized here in the kitchen? Well, they're not organized the best way. Uh, these dishes aren't in the right place, and this, uh, these uh, saucers aren't here right, and uh, these glasses aren't here right. And she begins to think, now let's see, which way can I rearrange them to make it more efficient, more effective, and uh, uh, so that when the kids come in, they don't uh, go grabbing for a glass and uh, uh, get, it, uh, get in the way of everything else I'm doing. Uh, and uh, I'll put it over here where they can get to it and where I can still stand here working at the same time, and the two of us won't collide in the kitchen when they come home from school if they're interested in getting a glass and pouring themselves a glass of milk and eating a cookie or something else, you see. And so she begins to think, how can I do it more effectively, more efficiently? And pretty soon she's getting all excited about rearranging her kitchen and getting things done a little bit better, a little bit more effectively this way or that way or something. And, and pretty soon she's excited about the whole thing. And, and the willingness 
to get in there and pitch in leads to more joy, more happiness, more effectiveness, and the more effectiveness leads to more happiness and so on. And it cycles upward. But it all depends upon how you go at it, doesn't it? It all depends upon whether you go into it willingly or grudgingly. And those are the two options. You can go in there and say, oh, got dishes to do again. Clean off the dishes every day, uh, once in the morning, and they mess them up again. And then you got to clean them off again, and they mess them up again. And you got to clean them off again, and they mess them up again. Same old humdrum stuff. That's quite an attitude, you say. But then there are other women who say, oh, how wonderful. I've got dishes, and I've got food, and it's wonderful to be able to wash these dishes because God has given me the food and given me the dishes, and my family's well-fed, and I'm thankful for it. What a difference between those two attitudes. One is the willing attitude, and one is the grudging attitude. Lord, make those women who are grudging in their attitudes at home to change, we pray. Give them willingness of heart for Christ's sake. Amen.